0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Behind the Steel Curtain and it is time for another Winners and Losers podcast. This is on one of those special ones that only runs when the Steelers don't play on your typical days of the week. We're talking if they play on a Saturday like they did on Christmas Eve or if they play on a Monday night. So here I am on Christmas morning. That's right. I'm I'm up before Santa Claus has even come to the house, and I am talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers 13-10. to That's a very familiar score, if you know the history between the Steelers and the Raiders. But the 13-10 to win over the Raiders in Week 16, it was a crazy game. If you, if you want to hear my complete thoughts on the game, you're going to have to check out my Monday Let's Ride podcast, where I spend a lot more time focusing on the details of the game, What went well, what didn't. This is just the winners and losers. So it's going to be a much shorter podcast. Hopefully you can check this out, maybe on a commute to a family member's house or before you have family coming over. Hopefully you have a a very merry Christmas. Let me get that out of the way right off the bat. But this one, it was a win. It wasn't pretty. It was far from perfect, but it was a win. And what I've come up with after all was said and done and the dust finally settled Nine winners and four losers. That's right, nine winners and four losers. We're going to go through the winners in the first half. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll finish it up with the losers. Let's get this started. The first winner, and by the way, in case you're new to the program, none of these are in any specific order. Uh, Typically, I keep a ledger of winners and losers during the game. I adjust it afterwards and add to it as I see accordingly. So first winner is George Pickens. Here's his stat line. He has five catches on five targets. That's right. For the second straight week, the Steelers have had a pass catcher that has the same amount of catches as they do targets. Last week was Deontay Johnson. This week, George Pickens. Five catches, five targets, 57 yards, an 11.4 average. He did have the game-winning touchdown reception, a 25-yard long. Look, George Pickens is a guy, and this is what's really crazy about him, and he's kind of an enigma in and of himself. Everyone wants to know why he isn't being targeted more. And he is not giving the fans a reason to leave that narrative, to leave that storyline. And what I mean by that is if he were out there running bad routes, if he continued his, I guess if you want to call it, pouting on the sideline, or if he was dropping passes, then I think that you would see a lot of fans say, okay, I understand why they might not get him involved as much as and he's a rookie, he's learning. Every time this guy has the ball thrown his way, he seems to come down with it. He's an impact player. He's a different style of receiver that they have on the team. You think about Deontay Johnson. He's smaller, shiftier. Pickens is tall, long, lean, can high point the ball very well. He's phenomenal. He is a rookie, and he's still learning a lot about the position in the professional level, but he is phenomenal. It was great to see him come down with that game-winning catch. Beautiful route. Kenny Pickett talked about it after the game in his post-game press conference how it was an option route with him, and they'd seen that look. They had practiced that look in practice, and they got it. It seemed like a pretty easy pitch and catch. They got it done, so George Pickens is definitely a winner. The next winner is Pat Fryermuth Pat Fryermuth finishes with seven catches on eight targets, 66 total yards, 9.4 average. He didn't score a touchdown, had a 17-yard long The one thing about Pat Fryermuth that is unbelievably noticeable is how he seems to be the guy that is coming up when it matters the most. And He did have a—man, this one pass just really ticked me off. It was a little high. I'm not going to lie. It was probably just top of the helmet. It went right through Fryermuth's hands, and it resulted in uh, a—I think it was a Chris Boswell missed field goal— it was a third down conversion, would have moved the chains. Should the pass have been better? Yes. But should it also have been caught? And the answer, if you're being honest with yourself, is yes. And But other than that, Fryermuth came up with some really clutch receptions in the fourth quarter to get the Steelers, whether it's not to move the chains, to get them in a, a down in distance where they could easily convert. Those seven catches and those 66 yards were much needed by Pat Fryermuth. a great game A great game for the young tight end out of Penn State. Very emotional game. He was the one, actually, that suggested to Mike Tomlin, the whole team, front office, they all wear Franco Harris jerseys to the game, and that was a a good tribute to number 32. Speaking of number 32 and the position that he played, running back, the next winner is Najee Harris. His stat line running the ball is not that attractive. 16 carries, 53 yards, a 3.3 average. He didn't score a touchdown and only a 14-yard long. Nothing really to write home about. I like to say, you know what? I talk about my running backs. I want 3.5 average or up. That's below the line. But what he did is damage in the second half because he ran the ball okay in the first half. In the second half, the, the Raiders were really selling out to stop the run. But when the Steelers went no huddle, the Raiders were forced to have to drop their linebackers onto Najee Harris or into coverage, and that's when he started doing damage. Najee Harris finishes with six catches on nine targets. For 42 yards, a 7-yard average. He didn't score a touchdown, but had a 19-yard long. On the final offensive drive for the Steelers. Uh, let, let me read, no. The game-winning drive. The, 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 the drive that ended in a Pickens touchdown. It wasn't their final drive. The final drive was to ice the game. Ended in a Connor Hayward 21-yard run. So I, I made a mistake there. On the on the, the last scoring drive for the Steelers, Najee Harris' 2-checkdown down dump off passes, and I'm sitting watching the game in my living room, and even from the TV angle, Pickett drops back, and I'm, I am even say out loud to anyone that will listen, which is my wife, and she's not paying attention, it is Najee's open. Just check it down. Just check it down. Get the yardage. He did it twice, back-to-back plays, moved him near the red zone. That's what you want to see from Najee Harris. He might. He's not always going to be at the 100 yards rushing. But when you add them together, I mean, now you're talking about 53 yards rushing, 42 yards receiving. He's nearing that 100 yards total yards. That's the type of output we saw from Najee as a rookie. Good to see him have it against a very, very tough Raiders defense in a lot of ways in week 16. Next winner is Deontay Johnson. His stat line five catches on seven targets, 64 yards, a 12.8 average, didn't score a touchdown, still remain scoreless on the year, and a 15-yard long. Deontay Johnson might have been credited with a drop at some point in this game, but I thought in the first half it was obvious that the Raiders were doing what a lot of teams have been doing, and that is we're not going to let George Pickens beat us, and so they're going to send all the safety help in that direction, and what it does is it opens up Deontay Johnson, and he's eating this one-on-one matchups. He's eating them alive. In the second half, typically they have to make an adjustment. So what did the Steelers do? Well, they started to throw the ball to Pickens more, started to throw the ball to Muth more, and that opened them up. So as Deontay Johnson started getting taken away, other players stepped up. That's adjustments. That's what you want to see. But in the first half, Deontay Johnson was phenomenal, uh, catching the football in traffic. I even saw him getting his nose dirty and run blocking a little bit, which seemed like, I don't know, I wanted to make sure everything was okay with the young guy because he normally does not do that. Uh, But still, five catches, 64 yards, nothing really to write home about, but a really good day, in my opinion, for Deontay Johnson. He deserves to be on the winner's list. The next winner would probably be, a lot of folks would probably say that I shouldn't put this guy on this list, but I'm going to anyways. It's Kenny Pickett. His stat line is 26 of 39. He threw for 244 yards, a 6.3 average. He did have one touchdown. He did also did throw a really bad interception. He was not sacked in the game and had an 81.6 quarterback rating. Now, Kenny Pickett did not play a great game. I talked about how Fryermuth didn't help him out, but it wasn't a great pass. He had one overthrow to Deontay Johnson. In these conditions, let me make something very clear. Even the veteran Derek Carr, and he's not the most accurate passer ever, but even a veteran like Derek Carr struggled at times. The football's probably a lot harder than it normally is. Uh, on top of that, the, with the wind, yeah, the wind was swirling there. It, it's going it's to be a tough day to move the ball through the air, but Kenny Pickett did a great job. And what what better way to finish your game, meaning Pickett's game, than with that last drive because you get the football just inside six minutes and you're thinking, okay, can they put together one of those drives? Can they put together a drive where all of a sudden you're looking at not giving the ball back and finishing in a touchdown? They've done it before. Would this be another one of those times? And the answer was no. They they went three and out. And what was really crazy about that three and out is that if you watch that play again, the third down play, Pickett actually has – Najee Harris open in a check down and it would have gone for a first down instead he holds the ball he doesn't know if he's going to run it then he decides to throw it again and it gets patted down and they punt the ball away and you're wondering are the Steelers going to get the ball back well thankfully the defense gets a three and out and what do they do they get the ball back just about 255 left I believe they drive down the field score a touchdown the rest is history Kenny Pickett being on the winner I I want to just go back and read you the winners I have so far on this list. George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, and Kenny Pickett. Those five names, five offensive players, are all unbelievably young. And Mike Tomlin in his post-game press conference even said how those young players are starting to get it right. They're starting to figure it out. It's really, really great to see these young players because this offense is ridiculously young and they're starting to come together. It wasn't pretty, like I said, far from perfect, but they got the job done. The next winner, you have to put him on the list, Cam Hayward. He finishes with seven tackles, four of them solo, two sacks, three tackles for losses, a pass defense, and two quarterback hits. A tremendous day for Cam Hayward. There had been some people that had wondered, you know, is Cam banged up? is old is you know father time catching up with him you know all these different things was that's what is that what was happening to cam like that's what a lot of people were wondering well the thing is is that cam hayward you could just tell from the moment he ran out of that tunnel holding the number 32 flag that he was not going to be denied uh cam hayward came out into that game and said you know what i Uh, We're going to win this one for Franco. And you could tell. You could tell. And in the post-game press conference that he had, he spoke openly about how it meant a lot. Franco gave him time. He actually was on his podcast the day before he passed. And uh, that probably weighs on players. Thinking about how they had maybe just seen him, just talked to him. The loss of life is always tragic. Cam Hayward went out there and played his heart out, and it paid off. He's a winner. The next winner is the pass rush. The Steelers... They get three sacks of Derek Carr, five quarterback hits. Could it have been better? Yes, but that would be nitpicking. They did enough. They had timely sacks. Alex Highsmith had a timely sack. Um, Even Minka Fitzpatrick blitzing created a sack for Cam Hayward at one point. That was the type of day for the Steelers' defense, especially after that first drive. Things settled down. They slowed down, and they got pressure on Carr when they needed it. The next winner... Timely defense. Now they had three takeaways, but listen as Bill Barnwell of ESPN tweeted this out, and I want to share it. The Raiders went 72 yards for a touchdown on the opening drive. Here's what they did after. Listen to what these listen to these drives. 14 yards punt. 12 yards punt. 53 yards field goal. Zero yards interception. 20 yards interception. 12 yards, punt, 13 yards, punt, 5 yards, punt, 0 yards, interception. That is unbelievable, you know, when you think about what the Steelers were able to do in the second half. I don't care who they're blaming. They can blame cards till the cows come home. Doesn't matter. Steelers' defense made the plays. Cam Sutton's interception to seal the win, phenomenal. Uh, even Arthur Millette's interception to get the ball right back after Kenny Pickett's first interception since the bye week. Tremendous. Minka Fitzpatrick doing Minka Fitzpatrick things. These, these turnovers didn't always lead to points, but they were necessary. Very, very necessary. So great job uh, there by the Steelers having that timely defense. And the last winner, of course the last winner, and, and last but definitely not least, winning for Franco Harris. When you see Mike Tomlin and all these players, Najee Harris on NFL Network's post-game set with Steve Smith and uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, and he's wearing the, the, the Franco Harris jersey, Kenny Pickett, Cam, Cam Hayward, they didn't just wear them in, they wore them at home. They These players, they understood the magnitude of the loss of Franco Harris. They knew him, they'd been around him. He had meant a lot to them and a lot to that organization. And on this night, it just felt like, man, that they weren't going to be denied. And it, it was tough not to see the similarities either between the games and the score and and all that stuff. Uh, winning for Franco, doing it the way that we all thought it would probably play out. It just, It was great to see the block numbers back. It was great for the patch, for the Immaculate Reception. It was really gut wrenching, Terry Bradshaw speaking before the game when he did his uh, you know, uh, twas the night before Christmas rendition and, and he spoke about how he had recorded that earlier and then, you know, obviously Franco passes uh the the high the halftime retirement of the jersey. It was it was tough. It was really difficult. But the Steelers went out and they did what they had to do. They didn't just deliver us, the fans, a win for Christmas. They also they they give a, they get a little bit of closure to the the Harris family for this win. That was good to see. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When I come back after this break, hey, not a lot of losers. That's fun, right? We'll be right back, stay tuned.
1: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
0: All right, Steeler fans, we just went over the winners. Now it's time to dive into the losers. There were, unfortunately, four losers here. First loser, the third and long defense. Now, when you look at the stats, the Raiders finished 50%, 6 for 12. And that's my watermark offensively. And that's not, you know, for the defense, that's not horrible. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Some of those conversions were just absolutely gut-wrenching. There was a 3rd-and-16 screen pass that goes for a first down. They converted several 3rd-and-10s. This used to be the calling card of the Steelers' defense. If they can get you in 3rd-and-long and they can pin their ears back and they can get after the quarterback, there is no hope for you. Those were few and far between when a 3rd-and-long got converted. Unfortunately, now it seems like it's more common that they're being converted than if they were not. So the 3rd-and-long defense... Was not up to par. I'm sure that's going to be discussed in the upcoming weeks uh, or upcoming week leading up to the game in week 17 at Baltimore. The next loser, unfortunately, is Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell. I'm not sure if he's still battling a groin injury. You would think after spending time on IR that it, that that wouldn't be the case. I don't know. He misses two field goals. One of which I don't really put on him. The 52 yard field goal. That's a tough ask in those conditions. But. When you have a guy who you think is one of the best in the game, you expect him to make that kick. Justin Tucker would be expected to make that kick. Now, Justin Tucker is a different world, but still you would expect Chris Boswell to give it a a good go at it, and he did. He pulled it a little bit left. Uh, The the earlier miss was a bad one. I think that was a 44, maybe, 42. He ends up 2 for 4 on field goals, 1 for 1 extra points. Chris Boswell's on the loser list just because we expect perfection. And if you don't, that's a problem. I think we all could assume that you know if you miss one, that's not a big deal. You miss two in a game, the way that it was playing out, you're talking ten to three, seven to three, one score games. Those missed kicks, leaving those field goals on or leaving those points on the field, are absolutely brutal. So unfortunately, Chris Boswell's a loser. Next is tackling. The stat line that they don't do missed tackles as an official statistic. But anyone covering Hunter Renfro would have fallen on that category of uh, the loser list. We'll put it that way. Just horrible. I mean, none worse than Trey Norwood on the first touchdown, the only touchdown the Steelers defense gave up to Hunter Renfro. Just over-pursuing, not under control, not breaking down. It's just bad. It was bad. Really, really bad. And the last loser is the third down offense. They finished 5-for-14. But they converted them when they mattered the most. in that final drive, some big conversions. But this offense is best when they don't have to rely on their third down offense. They can convert on first and second down. So there are your four losers for you. the Third and long defense, Chris Boswell tackling, especially on Hunter Renfro, and the third down offense. So there you have it, folks. Nine winners and four losers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. After they beat the Las Vegas Raiders 13 to 10 in week 16, they are 7 and 8. They keep their playoff hopes alive for another week. They keep the hope of maybe Mike Tomlin avoiding a losing season alive for another week. They also keep the hope of finishing 500 at home. They haven't finished below 500 in an extremely long time. So a lot of good things happened in this game. Can they keep it going? Can they beat Baltimore in Baltimore? Will Lamar Jackson play? We'll see. We'll have all that for you both here on the podcast platform at Behind the Steel Curtain and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Be sure to check those out. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Merry Christmas. Go My candle's burning bright.